0: All right, this is the first Sunday of the month, and uh, we're going to take the Lord's Supper this morning and uh, uh, honor uh, and memorialize what Christ did in his death, burial, and resurrection. And uh, I appreciate y'all letting me slip out this week to go south to be in some meetings. It was good just to get fed instead of give out of course uh i had so much work of course you know y'all we have things around here to do but the rhema pastors here in arkansas is also a responsibility that that i've been uh, honored to do and so i had to uh, do a couple of days down there so of, of just phone calls and stuff and so cut into my time a little bit but i got a couple of days so i'm thankful for those and uh uh, you know, y'all could have welcomed me back with some warmer weather, but <laughs> I should have brought... See, I don't get any slack here. Steve said I should have brought some warmer weather back, so maybe maybe he's right. So uh, we're not that far from spring, though, uh, you know, another five or six weeks, and, and we'll be getting over into March, and we'll have some warmer temperatures, and so I'm looking forward to spring, and... Praise God! I enjoy all seasons of the year, but it's nice to uh, enjoy a beautiful spring. So, let's pray, and uh, then we'll. Uh, you can find John chapter thirteen and verse thirty-four uh, for our text this morning. John thirteen thirty-four, and uh, also First Thessalonians four nine. First Thessalonians four nine. First uh Saint John thirteen, thirty four. And then let's pray and believe God together for light and direction and Him speaking to us out of uh out of His Word this morning. Father, we join our faith together. We ask you that you uh, uh teach us this morning by your Spirit things that we don't know father we pray that you would show us and things that we already do know we pray that you would strengthen and add to those things and father we uh, father are not forever here upon the earth and so we pray that uh, our time would be well invested this morning that we would hear your word and uh, that we would purpose in our heart father not just to be hearers of it but to be Uh, the ones that practice or do your word and put it into action in our lives. We pray that there would be deposits of grace, impartations of truth, and that answers and light would come that would help us to live victorious and to have your best in life. We ask, Father God, that everything that would be done in the ministry of your word this morning would be done in a manner that you're the most seen and that Jesus is glorified. And we give you thanks for it. Everybody that agrees with that? Amen. Amen. Praise God. So John 13:34, I had a <clears throat> uh, begun to pray and seek the Lord for what to emphasize and share for this season of our growth here and what the Lord would communicate to us as a church. and the previous vision statement that we had uh, here for the church. Uh, was stirred within me again, and that was walking in the great commandment, living in great faith, and fulfilling the great commission. All those have the word great within them because uh, the Lord is a great God and what he does in our life is great. But of all the commandments that we've been given, uh, the Bible says that the greatest is love amen, and that, uh, of course, you know, there was individuals that uh, the Lord responded to them by saying, great is your faith, right? The Syrophoenician woman, the centurion whose servant was healed, uh, the Lord said, great is your faith, and, of course, we know that the commission, uh, you know, that the Lord gave us at the end of the Gospels, of each Gospel, has to do with us. Uh, spreading the good news, making disciples of all nations. And so if we can nail that and do that successfully and well, then I believe that we're pleasing to the Lord and to a much large degree we have uh, fulfilled God's purpose and plan for our life. If we walk in the great commandment and we live in great faith and we complete uh, and fulfill the great commission, then uh, we have been obedient to the Lord. (laughs) Can you say amen to that? And so uh, great faith, great commandment, great commission. And so, of course, the Bible says above everything that love is the greatest of all. Now abides faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Uh, I felt that would it be proper for us to go back and feed ourselves on uh, what the Bible says about walking in love. Have any of us arrived so that we can't grow in love? No, we haven't, and uh, until the last day that we're here, we can continue to grow in these things, and so uh, the Bible teaches us uh, that we are to uh, to walk out the great command and fulfill the great command of love. let's read uh, we've got two texts, but let's read the one in first Thessalonians first, First Thessalonians chapter four. <clears throat> Excuse me, yes, First Thessalonians chapter four and verse nine. Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, and he said this. He said, but as touching <clears throat> brotherly love, he said, you need not that I write unto you. So he said, you know, I, it's not necessary that I write to you about this subject. He said, uh, the remainder of the verse says, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Say it with me. I am taught of God to love others. Has God ever taught you about walking in love? Well, I think we could all say that through the teaching of the Scriptures, the Lord has taught us to walk in love. And in addition to that, uh, just considering the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into this world the manifestation or the demonstration of God's love for us in saving our sins, we're also taught that God is love and that God does love and that what he has done for us, we are to do and be to others. Just as Jesus laid down his life, the Holy Spirit who lives within us daily teaches us uh, to walk in love. Have you ever been corrected by the Holy Spirit when you've not walked in love and your heart was just like, ah, I said something that hurt somebody or I did something that wasn't the best. And within you, in your heart, you just know that you needed to ask forgiveness or that you needed to amend that. We've been daily taught to walk in love. Can you say amen? And thank God that he does teach us. And, of course, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, he himself lived as an example for us daily. Uh, We saw how he walked in love, and so he was our example to follow. So we have been taught of the Lord uh, to walk in love. The 10th verse, the next verse there in Thessalonians says, Indeed, he said, you do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonia. So they already had a reputation of walking in love. He ends by saying, but we beseech you, brethren, that you do what? You increase more and more. So is it possible that we walk in greater love and even grow more in love if we have achieved some uh, degree of success of walking in love? Absolutely. We can walk more in love uh, in the future uh, than we have in times past. And I know some of you really need to walk more in, I'm just teasing. (laughs) 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 We all, are you still here? We all can walk, I didn't call any names, so we can all walk more in love and be a greater blessing to those that are around us. Can you say amen? So we're going to talk about how to walk in love from the Word of God. And uh, if you hadn't been walking in love, you don't have to, but if you're going to have the blessings of God in your life, then it's an absolute must that you do it. Because our next text in John chapter 13 Jesus said this. He said in John 13, verse 34, uh, th- and, and, you know, we should receive the Word of God written no less than it's the Word of God than if Jesus opened the door and walked up the aisle and spoke it to us. So Jesus, your Savior that died for you, your Lord, uh, is, is speaking to you and I through this passage this morning, and it's God's Word no less than it was if he spoke in person. He says in verse 34, a new, what? A new suggestion. A new option. A new good idea. <laughs> you know, a lot of modern translations of the Bible that are paraphrases says "try." On a lot of these things that the Lord commanded us, when He said "do this," it says "try to do this." I do not like that transliteration or that paraphrasing if the Lord said to do something uh, he would not have told us to do something that we did not have the ability or couldn't do I mean you know to Peter in the boat the Lord said come and walk on the water well the power to step out of the boat and walk on the water was in his word his commands are enablings and carry within them the power to be a doer of what he commanded us Uh, Just across uh, the next chapter, he says in John 14, in verse 15, he said, If you love me, this is fill in the blank, if you love me, keep or do my commandments. So how do we prove uh, our love to the Lord? It's through obedience. And if you really love the Lord, then you are a doer of his commands. And so here in verse uh, 34 of chapter 13, uh, Jesus says a new, not option or suggestion. How many knows Paul told Timothy to endure hardness as a good soldier? So what, what does a soldier do? Does his commanding offers give him suggestions? No, he has uh, a directive, a mandate, a command. And actually the Greek bears this out and it is would be a good translation here to say a new order. Right? A new order I give to you. And so Jesus said a new commandment or a new order uh, I give unto you and here is that commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. (laughs) Amen. The new commandment of the new covenant is that we are to love one another as Christ has loved us. How many knows that Jesus laid down his life sacrificially, unconditionally, and gave his life for you and I? And then the Bible says that that's what we are to do in our love for one another. And that's not an option, that is an order. That's not a suggestion, that's a commandment. So we got to get this down. If this is, uh, you know, a major, and it is a major, as we've said before, if you were going to leave the earth, and this was some of your last days on the earth, then the people that was closest to you, you would actually give directives, or you would give them instructions before you left about the things that were most important. You, I mean, if you only had an hour to live on the earth, you wouldn't be talking about, uh, you know, uh, you know, taxes or, or political subjects or uh, uh, trivial stuff about games that you had played on a game night. You'd be giving somebody the the things that most needed to be said. Well, Jesus is just hours from going to the cross, and the two things that he spent the majority uh, of the last portion of the book of John teaching his disciples was the new commandment of loving one another and what the Holy Spirit was going to be in the life of the New Testament believer. (laughs) That's what he majored and talked the most with about what he left. So we started this year off on Wednesday night. We're doing a series about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is to work with and in our life and what he is to be to us as New Testament believers. And then secondly, on Sunday morning, we've begun talking about walking in love. And so he said, This new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Verse 35, by this, that is by keeping uh, the new commandment of love, shall all men know that you are my disciples. How are people going to know that you're a disciple of the Lord? Because you carry a 17-pound Bible under your arm. Because you, uh, you know, sign up for every opportunity to volunteer at church. Because you operate in spiritual gifts and speak in other tongues. No. How are people going to know that you're his disciples? The earmark or the characteristic trait of a New Testament believer is that you love others as Jesus loved you. Amen. I mean, I grew up on a farm in East Texas, and uh, next door to our farm, uh, you know, was my uncle and my cousin, and they had cattle. Uh, we had cattle too, but we never did do what they did. Uh, they, uh, they, had, they ran their cows together, my uncle and my uh, cousin did, and so uh, to identify whose cattle was who, they had ear tags. And my cousin Ben, I think his tag was orange, and uh, my Uncle Earl, his tag was yellow. And so they ran their cows open together on the range, but when it came to sell, uh, time to sell off cows or to separate cows at the end of the growing season or whatever, then everybody knew whose cows were whose by what color tags were in their ears. Are you still here? And the way... That, uh, that we are known as identified having the Lord's brand or the Lord's tattoo or the Lord's uh, characteristic, you know, sometimes if a person belongs to a specific gang or something, they have certain identifying tattoos. Well, uh, if you are the Lord's disciple, the thing that identifies you as belonging to him and his disciple, a taught one of him, is the love life lived out to others in this earth. Can you say amen? Say it with me. The way people are going to know that I'm the Lord's disciple is that I love others the way he loved me. So this is the New Testament order and the New Testament command. And uh, he says here that a new commandment, say a new commandment, Well, usually, if you say, I got a new car, that means that the car that you used to have, the old car, is probably been replaced by the new car. Right? So when he said, a new commandment I give unto you, that means that other commandments got replaced by this commandment. And the Bible does teach us, and this is, Uh, a little bit astounding to, you know, people that have might have been taught otherwise, but the Bible teaches us that we're actually not under the Ten Commandments no longer, but that we're actually under the new commandment of Jesus. Now you say, is the Ten Commandments uh, not applicable today? Yes, they're applicable because the new commandment replaces the Ten Commandments And now, under the new commandment of love, it's not necessary for us to have the Ten Commandments. Because the Ten Commandments are fulfilled, are completed, are all done through the new commandment of love. Okay, lest you think I'm speaking heresy this morning, or being heretical, or whatever, let's go and read what the Bible says. You remember the old Wendy's commercial? What did grandma say? Where's, where's the beef? <laughs> right? I mean, knows if you're going to get a good hamburger, you need to, it needs to have something on there, right? It <laughs> just doesn't need to be bread with some veggies on it. It needs to have the beef on it. So where's the beef? Well, we're supposed to ask, where's the Scripture? If the minister is ministering, you need to say, where's the Scripture? And that's why you need to read your Bible daily. Uh, so that you know uh, what's in the Word of God, so that you're uh, able to identify what's not biblical. Right? I mean, those, you know, bankers, tellers, people that handle money, uh, you know, the way to identify counterfeit bills is not to han- or handle counterfeit bills all the varying de- Kinds of counterfeit bills, uh, you know, and see every counterfeit bill. You're not supposed to look at every counterfeit bill. You're supposed to know what the true is like, where the watermark is, where the identifying ink line is, where, uh, you know, the thing that can't be counterfeit is. And if you know how to identify the true, then you have something to compare the false to to say this is not the true. <laughs> Can you say amen? And you know, the Lord's really helped me on knowing the Lord's voice. It's a a point of confusion for a lot of people. Is the Lord speaking to me or not? Well, if the Lord is speaking to you about a thing, it will line up with the word of God and agree with the word of God. And so if you're reading the Bible all the time, you're hearing God speak and you get familiar with God's voice. And if you get familiar with God's voice, then you, you know what John said in Jesus said about the good shepherd. He said, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. Why? Because they know his voice. And so if you're hearing God speak through his word by personal reading, coming and hearing uh, good ministry, then you're getting familiar with the word of God. Then you've got something to stack the counterfeit voice of the enemy because the enemy tries to counterfeit and pass himself over as God. He's a good camouflager. He works through subtlety. You could blindfold me this morning. Lead me through whatever amount of people here, 80, 100 people here in the sanctuary this morning. You could lead me through the congregation this morning, blindfolded. But when I heard the voice of my dad or my mom, I would recognize them instantly, even though I couldn't see them. Why? Because I've heard their voice all of my life. Are you still here? And it's familiar to me. And so when you get familiar with the master's voice, you learn what is not the master's voice. Amen. And so getting, uh, immersing yourself in truth, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light, then you're not easily deceived if you are familiar with the truth. So it's a good thing to spend time invested in the word of God because it protects you against deception. Can you say Amen. But uh, anyway, uh, he said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Can you say amen? So God's new command to us is that we love one another this morning. And uh, he said, by this, all men were going to know that we were his disciples, we were his followers, that we were his taught ones. And that is identifying characteristic that we are to walk in love. Amen? Amen. Set with me. I am keeping the great command of loving others as Christ loves me. Praise God. <clears throat> uh, let's go a little bit further this morning. Uh, go with me to, uh, where do we want to go? Uh, let's go back to Ezekiel through the Old Testament. Oh, I know where we wanted to go. Excuse me. Before we go to Ezekiel, we were talking about that love fulfills the Ten Commandments. Right? Uh, Go with me to uh, Romans chapter 13. We're talking about where is the beef, where is the Scripture. I want to give you Scripture that teaches us that the new commandment fulfills the Ten Commandments. Romans chapter 13. You say, well, I already know this, Brother Tim. Well, there may be people here that don't know it this morning. And secondly, that's like saying, if you say, well, I already know that, uh, that's like saying, I've already got that down. There's nothing else that I can learn about that. And, uh, you know, if you already assume, and that's an assumption, that you already know everything there is to know about a subject, then the assumption keeps you from being open to gaining more knowledge in that area. So don't ever assume you know anything about, uh, you know, the Bible says if we say that we know anything, uh, you know totally that we don't know anything as we ought. And so uh, we can learn more. Uh, in addition to what we already know about walking in love. Amen? Romans chapter 13. Um, let's start in verse 7. Uh, he starts this uh, passage by saying, Render, or that means to give, therefore to all their dues. So there are some people and some things that we, are, we, we owe and the Bible teaches us that we owe. Uh, first of all, he says, tribute to whom tribute is due. Now, as you know, as messed up and chaotic as our government is at times, the Bible does teach us that we are to pay tribute to those whose tribute is due. Right? You say, "Yeah, but my when I send in my tax money, it's just it's just spent on all kinds of frivolous stuff." And no, I believe if we pay our taxes as good citizens, the Lord will reward our tax part for the good things that it accomplished instead of unnecessary things. I don't believe that uh, that my tax money that I paid is going to be connected with uh, uh, you know abortion training for other countries are stuff that violates, uh, you know, the teaching of the Word of God. I believe that it went uh, to be a blessing to somebody somewhere and that the Lord allocated it because I was being obedient to civil authority and the laws of the land. Are you still here? So he says, Render, therefore, to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, honor or fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. There are certain people that should be honored. Amen. Uh, You know, the governmental leaders, even if their personality or they've made mistakes, we're still to honor the office and not be disrespectful and dishonorable. Uh, You know, there may be some bad law enforcement people out there. Uh, you know, that have, you know, an authority complex or, or, or discriminatory or whatever. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't honor, that we should dishonor people that are protecting the peace and the order of our community and of our society. Veterans that have served in the military and fought for our freedom so that our country is free, they're due our honor. It's right that we have Memorial Day, that we have Veterans Day, and that we set aside time to honor those who have died or those who have served our country. Can you say amen? And so the Bible teaches honor. God is a God of honor. We are to honor the Lord. We've honored the Lord by worshiping Him today. We honored the Lord. The Bible says that our given financially in Proverbs, it says, you know, to honor the Lord with your substance. It's showing honor to the Lord that He is the one that's given us strength, given us opportunity, open doors, given us health, uh, wisdom, uh, that has caused us to have success and prosperity in life. We're to honor the Lord for what He's done for us. I mean, we breathe His air, we eat His food, He made our body, can you say, man, popular to the theory of evolution and teachings that uh, we uh, emerge from a single-cell organism, from a goo uh, that became the zoo, and now it's me and you. Uh, The evolution is a theory, and a theory is a supposition based on ignorance of the subject under discussion. Genesis one true, you were created in the image and the likeness of God. people talk about you know well there's missing links, uh yeah, the reason that they're missing is because they don't exist, and uh we didn't uh you know uh, evolve from going ugh ugh and and you know, uh, you know, man became a cave man. And no, the Bible. If you read, Adam named all the animals. He communicated with God. He was created in the image and likeness of God. And the thing about evolution and these things is, is that God doesn't exist. And and because God doesn't exist, we don't have any responsibility or accountability as the created to live, uh, you know, according to the plan and purpose that the creator designed for our life. We're our own master. But the end of that path, the Bible says, is a path of destruction and of darkness. And, of course, God's ways is the path of life and of glory, and to follow God's plan is to acknowledge Him. Humility acknowledges God. And when you acknowledge God, uh, that's what the Bible says, the fear of the Lord, the respect of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord is where wisdom begins. If you don't honor God as the creator, then I don't care if you've got 14 PhDs, uh, you're, 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 you're educated beyond your intellect and you're ignorant. Are you still here? You have to acknowledge God, and in Him as the true and living God and as the Creator is reverence or honor, and that reverence or honor is where wisdom actually begins. The other is the path of pride. Pride, you know, uh, you know is actually deception, and pride is the nature of the devil. And the devil himself fell because of his pride. But humility is exalted. The Bible says, you know, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I mean, for example, being saved. You acknowledge in humility that you need a Savior, that the wages of sin is death. You could say, I don't need a Savior. I don't need anyone. I'm my own self-made person. That's great till you breathe your last breath and you step out of this life into eternity and you face the, you know, the judgment and the decision that you've made in this life. Uh, You know, that's pride and pride will lead you down a path of destruction. But humility, which is honoring and respecting what God said in his word, will take you into life and take you into grace. Can you say amen? So, uh, you know, we need to honor God. (laughs) This is a church that honors the Lord. We're taking the Lord's Supper in a few minutes. We're honoring what Jesus did for us. Jesus is important to us. We value and highly esteem Him as our Savior, and we are not going to forget what He did for us in His life. Right? Pride forgets. Humility remembers. Can you say amen? So He said, give honor to whom honor is due. Uh, We've lost a lot of honor in our country, and uh, a lot of honor for God, and that's the reason that we have a lot of things happening in our country. You take God out of things, and those things go down. Take God out of the educational system, then, uh, you know, you're saying, Lord, we don't want you, we don't want your ways. Uh, But we'll take your protection. Will you lose God's protection? You start having school shootings, and I'm not saying God's behind all that, any of that, because he's not. But, you know, I mean, you take God out of the education system. You take God. If God's not in it, if if you can't pray and speak the name of God and you can't honor the Lord in it, then it's godless. Are you still here? I mean, you know, there's a, you know, uh, you know, there's a push toward, you know, not only uh, toward, uh, you know, like we were talking about, uh, a rebuttal of of creationism and, and, you know, uh, and an exaltation of evolution. There's also a push toward inclusivism. All religions are good. You can get to heaven a lot of ways. Uh, You know, we should, you know, no, other religions and other gods are false gods, There's only one true God, and I'm not saying you don't love other people, but you can't love other gods because God is a jealous God. There's only one way to get to heaven. The Bible says there's only one name under heaven whereby men may be saved, and that's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, not a way, the truth and the light. And so with salvation, you either have all your eggs in one basket or you don't have your eggs anywhere. I had a lady one time, you know, that told me, you know, I lived across from her. I said, you know, she said to me, well, you know, you, you can serve, you can be a part of two or three religions and serve uh, other gods and the Christians you deal God, as well. And she said, you know, you, you, know, you, can, you can serve several gods, And so I just told her, I said, okay, you come home from work today and and you you sleep with three or four other men on the street that you live on and see if that works with your marriage. (laughs) And she said, I don't think that'll work. And I said, I don't think it'll work you serving three or four gods either. (laughs) Because God likened our relationship with Him to a bride that's a spouse to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you know you know the first step to conformity is tolerance. And if you start saying, "Oh yeah, these other gods are wonderful, you can serve this God and this God." No, those are idols, and you don't hate people, but you do hate sin. God loves sinners, but he hates sin. And you can love people without loving what people do. God loves us, but he don't necessarily love everything we do. (laughs) Sometimes people get that confused. Right? God will love you enough to tell you this is not uh, uh, good for you and this is sin. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm opening a can of words here, but there's political correctness and there's scriptural correctness. And if God says a certain thing is sin, then you need to agree with God. Uh, you know, I was surprised there was a popular Christian artist recently that was being interviewed, and they were being interviewed by a secular situation, and they were asked. They said, "Do you believe homosexuality is a sin?" And uh, this Christian singing artist said, "I'm not sure." And I thought, "I'm not sure you're a Christian." Are you still here? I mean, I'm not singling that out as a particular, you know, thing. But in our society, you know, uh, you're labeled a bigot or you're labeled as an exclusiveness or you're labeled as a danger to society if you believe something is a sin. Well, you can't be the friend of God and the friend of the world at the same time. And the world didn't do anything for me. It don't answer my prayers. It don't meet my needs. It's not going to build me a mansion to be with the Lord in heaven. And so I don't have any obligation to please the world or to be the most popular person. Uh, The Bible says evil communications corrupt good manners. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I'm not a monk. I'm not supposed to isolate myself from the world, but I am supposed to live a different life with a different way of thinking. And the Bible says uh, to please the Lord, uh, you're supposed to be holy even as he is holy. Most popular thing in our society? No, but I'm not trying to achieve popularity in our society. I'm trying to please Jesus and to please the Heavenly Father and be scripturally correct, not politically correct. And there's going to be times that political correctness does not go along with scriptural correctness. I probably couldn't run for office and get elected. (laughs) Are you still here? Because I'm not going to tell everybody, oh, you're fine, and this is exactly right, if it's not right, with the Lord. And so you've got to decide if you're going to be the salt of the earth, like the Lord said we were, Uh, The Bible says if the salt is lost, it's salt, and it's, it's not good for anything but to throw it out. And he said, you're a city set on a hill. And so, you know, one reason that the church has lost respect is because the church is too much like the world. Can you say amen? Now, I'm not trying to, you know, to condemn anyone this morning or tell anybody anything you're doing wrong you need to get the holy spirit in your life and get in the word of god and find out and let the lord teach you someone told me that lance in my absence teach to about you know we're called to catch fish not clean them uh well i mean we're i'm not i'm called to be a fisher of men not a cleaner of fish the Holy Spirit is the one that can help you, instruct you, and teach you, but I'm not going dis- to disagree with the Word of God. If you insist on living a certain lifestyle, it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Uh, just because you think it's right doesn't mean that God thinks it's right, or if I think it's right, uh, well, you say, well, everyone is t- entitled to their opinion. No, they're not. You're not entitled to your opinion. I'm not entitled to my opinion. The only thing that really matters is what God said about it. And so you go to the Word of God and you stay with the Word of God because God knows, because He's God, and we're not God. We're the created, not the Creator. And it's pride and arrogance to tell the Creator that He's wrong and to disagree with Him. Now, we love people. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're not throwing any stones at anybody. But sometimes people will come and say, Well, Jesus taught acceptance, and you're supposed to accept me as I am. That, that is not scriptural that Jesus taught acceptance. The Bible said that when he came, that he, he preached repent, For the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus didn't repeat uh, preach acceptance. He preached repentance. And if you repent, you're (laughs) accepted. Are you still here? That means change if something disagrees with what God said was right. Well, all that was free. You know, hey, you say, well, you know... You might not have as big a church if you preach like that. We're not trying to have the biggest thing. We're trying to have the right thing. Are you still here? And just because something is necessarily big don't mean it's right, doesn't mean it's wrong. But at the same time, we are, uh, to, the Bible says, to conform our life to the Word of God. Can you say Amen. And again, I'm not picking out any particular sin, but there are things within our society that's being forced upon us that if you just live in a society and you're a weak Christian, you'll swallow hook, line, and sinker and let those things change your thinking away from the Word of God. And uh, I will never accept political correctness if it doesn't agree with the Word of God. Can you say man? So the Bible says to honor to whom, give honor to whom honor is due. Say it with me. I will, I will. honor the Lord and his things. That means to honor his word. Amen. That means to honor his spirit. That means to honor the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Let's read just a little bit further and then we'll close. He says in verse eight, "Oh." no man anything now this is a little bit archaic and old in the king james oh no man anything other translations said do not have any outstanding debt now it didn't say that you couldn't borrow amen on time uh, you know, I know of one church that was, uh, needed a bigger building and a man in the church. His wife attended the church, and he was very wealthy. And he offered the church to purchase some land and a building that would have helped them grow at 1% interest. And the pastor turned it down and said, no, uh, the Bible says, oh, no man, anything. Well, that's ignorance. That's not what the Lord was teaching here. Other translations say don't have any outstanding debt. If you're paying your bills on time, you don't have any outstanding debt. Now, you need to use wisdom about how much you buy and be led by the Spirit on doing it because debt puts you in bondage. But at the same time, I mean, right now, we, the church, doesn't owe on anything but our property and our building. And that's rapidly decreasing and coming down. Amen. But, uh, you know, I, you know it's nice to have our own facility. And the other facility that we had that we started in, I mean, you know, we couldn't decorate it the way we wanted. We couldn't, uh, you know, we had tenants next door. Uh, you know, if we wanted to have a revival and it was on a weekday and we wanted to shout, you know, then you're worried about disturbing the people next door through the wall. Uh, you know, and, and that type thing. And, you know, there's some limitations on what you can do because you don't know it. But here, uh, you know, being out from under the control of other people in that sense is that you can follow the Lord and be free to follow Him. If we want to shout, we have some loud services sometimes. We laugh, we shout, you know. We have joy. Well, we don't have to worry about are we disturbing somebody. Are you still here? Amen. Amen. Uh, we've got our own facility. The Lord's blessed us with our own facility. <laughs> Praise God. So he said, owe no man anything but. Say but. but. So there's one exclusion to getting debt paid off. And this is something that you never get paid off. You never get out of debt on this particular thing. What is the particular thing that we're always indebted to? Love one another. Can you say, man, this is a debt that we never get paid off. Owe no man anything but do fulfill the outstanding debt of loving one another. What does the rest of the verse say? For the person, he or she, that loves another has does what? Hath filled full or fulfilled the law. So if you walk in the New Testament kind of love that Jesus talked about, you fulfill the Ten Commandments. The rest of this says, the next verse it says, For this thou shalt not commit adultery. How many knows that's one of the Ten Commandments? How many knows if I love you, I'm not going to commit adultery with your spouse? Right? I'm not going to break your family up just because of I want some personal pleasure. Are you still here? Love won't commit adultery. Right? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. How many knows if I love you, I'm not going to kill you? (laughs) I mean, what's the old mafia thing? I love you like a brother, but I got to whack you. (laughs) Love won't whack you. (laughs) If you love another person, you're not going to kill them, right? Thou shalt not, full, thou shalt not kill is fulfilled in the new commandment of, of thou shalt love one another even as I've loved you. Next he says thou shalt not steal. I mean, I, I'm, if I'm thinking about you and I'm preferring you and I love you, I'm not going to take your stuff. People that steal from others are selfish, all they're thinking about is their self, what I can get. Well, love's not interested in what I can get. It's interested in what I can give. Are you still here? Thou shalt not steal. How many knows if I love you, I won't take your stuff? That was pretty weak. I'm going to try that again. <laughs> How many knows if I love you, I'm not going to take your stuff? Amen. Amen. He goes on to say, Thou shalt not bear false witness, or thou shalt not lie or perjure yourself. How many knows if you love someone, you're not going to uh, lie about them or be deceptive with them or to them? Then he says, thou shalt not covet. These are five of the commandments that's mentioned here of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt covet. That means you want what another person has. I want your car, I want your house, I want your Whatever. Well, how many of God's big enough to not only give your neighbor good stuff, but to give you good stuff? Amen. And that's having a strong desire for something and, uh, and you know, uh, at the expense of another person. Praise God. God's big enough to bless you, take care of you. Amen. You don't have to covet somebody else's stuff. Thou shalt not covet. And, say and, if there be any other commandment, this is all-inclusive. Any other commandment, it is briefly concluded, comprehended, summed up in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. In other words, you treat other people like you want or would desire to be treated. Verse 10, love what does? What does love do? Works no ill All the ill in the world, all the selfishness, all the harm, all the hurt, all the violence, all the pain is a result of selfishness and sin. But thank God, if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and accept him as your Savior, your heart gets changed and the old selfish nature goes out and the new nature comes in and you're the love child of a loved God. And then you, instead of working ill, Paul worked ill to the church, persecuted the church, killed Christians, put them in jail. But then he met the Lord. After he met the Lord, he actually built what he tore down and became a great blessing and laid down his life for the very thing that he was destroying. Can you say man? Love has transforming power. And when you accept Christ as your Savior, you're born again and you get a new kind of love in your heart. Can you say amen? Because your nature gets changed. Amen? So he said love works no ill to his neighbor. Right? Therefore, love does what? Love fulfills the law. Can you say amen? Say it with me. Love Love fills full, full, completes, completes, meets all the requirements requirements. of the Old Testament law and of the Ten Commandments. You know, it's really good uh, not to have to have a commandment book because where does commands end? Well, you can go on and on and on. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not, you know. You shall not drive on your neighbor's grass. You shall not throw trash in your neighbor's door. You shall not throw dishes at your spouse. You shall not, (laughs) thou shalt not. You don't don't need a 935-page book of what not to do. You need one law. I like it simple. What's the the kiss thing? Keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) We're, We're not calling you stupid or me stupid. We just say keep it simple this morning. But the Lord made it simple, right? He gave us a new nature and shed forth the love of God abroad in our heart. So now we don't have to have the big commandment book on do's and don'ts. We just ask ourselves, what would love do? And we do what love would do. Can you say amen? And Christians aren't perfect as they grow in these things. If you find yourself saying or doing something that's not love, the Bible says you're stepping out of light into darkness. What do you do at that point? You confess your sin. What's not love is sin. You confess your sin, and he said he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all and rush. you. Get back in love as immediately, just as soon as you get out of it. Can you say amen? And uh, there's nothing as wonderful as being able to walk in love and have the love of God. And so this is a big subject. God loves you. Amen. And you love others. And this is the whole commandment summed up if we fulfilled this great command. James called love the royal command. What does the royal command? That means the top, the king. And all other laws are underneath that law. It's the greatest law. Paul called love. He said, yet I show unto you a more excellent way. If you look up excellent in the Greek, it means far surpassing. It's the best. It's the ideal. It's the highest. It's God's way. The Bible says love never fails. God can't fail. So if we walk in love, we won't fail. But that word surpass or a more excellent way, if you look it up, it means to far exceed. That means if we had a baseball throwing contest this morning. And we threw, uh, some of them threw half across the parking lot, three or four made it to the ditch, four or five threw a baseball over the ditch, and then somebody comes up and winds up and throws it over that green belt of woods there, over the fields, all the way down to 24th Street, a mile and a half away. That was exceeding, surpassing everything else. And that's what the Bible says about love. It's far surpassing any other way. It's your way, it's my way, because it's God's way. And if we walk in love, as Jesus commanded that we walk in, we're going to have God's greatest blessings in our life. And, and everything is going to work out with God's goodness and glory on it. Can you say amen? amen. Sit with me. I am a love child. Of a love God, I speak in love, I walk in love, I'm non-injurious, I'm a helper of others, a strengthener of others, a blessing to others, because I walk in the love of God. Amen. Well, it's a good time to stop and take the Lord's Supper, communion this morning, the ushers will come forward. If you hadn't been walking in love, if you've been harsh or hard, if you've done people wrong and uh, you know that the Holy Spirit in your heart is showing that to you, then uh, praise God, there's forgiveness. Amen. Aren't you glad that we can judge ourselves? You know the whole context of communion in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He said that a lot of people in the church were weak and sickly and some of them had died prematurely not walking in love or discerning the body of Christ. And that's one thing I appreciate about this church. There's a bunch of people in this church that walk in divine love. Amen? And that makes heaven on earth when that happens. We're not splitting the church. We're not running down the people of the church we're not talking about others right that's pretty weak amen we're living to give to others we're helping others amen even at the expense of ourselves, if necessary so uh praise god like it says in First Thessalonians, he said, You already know how to do this, and it's not necessary that ride to you, but he said, I'm exhorting you that you do it more and more. Praise God. So I'm exhorting you, what Paul exhorted, that we do this more and more. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, Some more things could be said, but sometimes people just go around in circles and in circles and circles and circles. And this is a key to getting out of going into a circle. Walking in love can get you out of just some dead-end streets in your life. It can open doors to a new area Because, you know, if you don't walk in the light you already have, then more light isn't going to come. And this is one of the crucial areas that we have to get down to walk in love. And if you start walking in love and living for other people, then you're going to find that everything you need, the light, the direction, the wisdom is going to come to you. And you're going to stop wondering and get on a path that takes you progressively forward. Can you say man? You know, a lot of times people, you know, make things right with others and things that they're needing in their life, healing or financial blessings or something, it just comes to them, right? Because it keeps their prayers from being hindered. Jesus said, you know, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive and you shall have. And when you stand praying, if you have ought against any, you know, forgive them. Because if you don't forgive other people, then neither will your Father forgive you. Well, that's one of the only things Jesus said could hinder your prayers from working. Amen. So it's good to examine yourself, take inventory, and just purpose that you're going to walk in love. Amen. <clears throat> Praise God. Well, tell me again how we know we love the Lord. How do we know we love the Lord? If we keep His commandments. And what is His command? That we love one another even as He loved us. Can you say amen? The Bible says the same night in which Jesus was betrayed, that uh, He took bread... And said that the bread was his body that was being broken uh, for us. And uh, Christ was broken and whipped physically. And the Bible says that we have healing through his stripes. So this is not only a service to honor the Lord, it's a healing service as well. And if you're going to walk in love and you're going to be obedient to the Lord... And, uh, and keep his command, then you fulfill the admonition it says in the Old Testament if we keep his command that he would be the Lord that heals us. So Father, we give thanks for the bread, for the broken body that this represents. And we thank you that just as Christ was broken when he was at the whipping post and that he took stripes and that he was bruised for us, that his substitution was for us in our place. And what He bore, we don't have to bear. And that the great exchange happened. He paid the price for our sins so that we don't have to pay that price. And He paid the price that we don't have to be sick or weak. And so we receive healing. We receive life. We receive restoration this morning through the breaking of the bread and receiving the life, the abundant life that Christ provided. In Jesus' name, you may eat the bread. Thank you, Lord. He also said in first Corinthians eleven twenty five, he said, after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped or drank, he said, This cup is the New Testament or covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death. Until he comes or returns. How many believe Jesus is coming back for us? He said to do this as a memorial and show forth his death until he came back. One of the major things is is the benefits that was provided for us through the covenant. Uh, the psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget the benefits Well, through His shed blood, there's remission of sin. There's power in His blood to wash away every sin in our lives. If we have sin in our life, thank God, we can plead the blood of Jesus this morning. And the power that's in His death when He died for us washes that away and makes us His child and causes us to be forgiven and causes us to be restored. Pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for sending Jesus I thank you that there's life, eternal life, in my faith and trust of what he did. I receive Christ as my Savior, as my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all wrong. Make me your child. I believe I receive eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that for the first time or you needed to ask the Lord for forgiveness, you're forgiven this morning through the power of Christ's blood and you can drink this cup in full assurance of life and of faith in the Lord. Thank you, Father, for your shed blood of Jesus, your Son. We thank you that we have redemption, that we have forgiveness, we have restoration to fellowship with you through that blood and that we can walk Uh, in agreement with you through accepting Christ as our Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may drink the cup. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. Amen. Let's stand and sing before we go. This message has been brought to you by Faith Builders Family Church. To learn more, please visit our website, www.faithbuilderschurch.net.